Everybody and welcome to the Spoil the Warning podcast. This is review number two ninety two with a review of Brick Mansions. I'm Christopher Schnazy. I'm Carson Patrick. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoil the Warning podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, we're taking on Brick Mansions. You ready to do some car, car uh, some carpour, <laughs> some carpour, yeah, some parkour there, uh, Carson? Yes, I will do my best. To, uh, it'll be like the episode of The Office where they all run around doing parkour. <laughs> they're, they're terrible non-parkour and screaming parkour. They're all, they're all terrible parkour. at it. it was k- like, kick a box in The Office and then yell par- uh, parkour. Exactly, yeah, and jump off a building into the refrigerator box. <laughs> well, you, you know, you're, uh, you know the, the city around where you live is definitely much more suited to parkour than my area where everything's flat here yeah, in you, Escondido. You need, like, hilly urban environments yeah. uh to uh to uh execute parkour correctly yeah. you also need to be you know more physically fit than i am <laughs> <laughs> yeah you need to be like a small frenchman with tons of upper body strength <laughs> yeah two things that i am definitely not <laughs> you need to like you know you need to have that strength to be able to like uh, jump up through tiny windows above doors yeah yeah well how are you doing this morning carson I'm doing pretty well. So you you did not get to go see the quiet ones, right? I did not. I uh, <laughs> I kept my wallet quiet and and didn't uh, unleash any of the cash to go uh, see that movie. But I'm, uh, I'm assuming that you did. I did, yeah. And uh, it was a good that you. I feel like there wouldn't be a whole lot to talk about if we were to talk about the quiet ones. Because uh, would there be as much to talk about as there will be to talk about this movie? <laughs> uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> there probably be about the exact amount of uh, talking points, but yeah, it was very, very, uh, very dull, and uh, I wanted to take a nap. The only reason why I couldn't is because the movie was so loud that <laughs> I, uh, and also there were like a lot of annoying uh, teenagers in the theater. Um, who I don't think realized what kind of movie they were seeing. I think they had just walked in, but now, now is this is this movie actually found footagey, or is it just incorporate in the plot some documented stuff about things that are happening? Well, I guess they tried to do it. They they incorporated the the aspect of like the POV of the camera into yeah. it just to like maybe make you think that it's found footage but it's definitely not but there are a lot there most of the movie is seen through like the point of view of the cameraman who's shooting on his old like 16 millimeter camera okay. uh, but but is it in the context of somebody saying hey let me show you this archival footage we have no 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 okay no because we're under the impression that the film is destroyed at the end so no one has seen this footage so it's clearly from a movie standpoint. Got you. So we are we are the ghost watching the video. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, like no one has unearthed this footage and gone like, whoa, look what happened to this group of students and their teacher, you know? Gotcha. So the people watching the footage are something happens to them before 
the end of the movie itself. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. And you can pretty much see it coming from like a mile away. Gotcha. But, but the, you know, the whole idea is that it's that the story that, you know, the, the professor is this huge skeptic and he's just like, yeah, you know, possession and all this supernatural stuff doesn't exist. Like I can use science to explain, you know, why this person's doing this and let me show you. And like he has a group of students that they call themselves the quiet ones because they're all hush hush about their, you know, experimentations. So they do it off the books without school funding. Gotcha. So it's basically somebody really liked The Last Exorcism and uh, The Flatliners and <laughs> kind, of, <laughs> kind of tried to make their own combination of the two. Yeah, and added in like um, bits of The Conjuring because like it feels, it feels like that because it's in the 70s. That's pretty much... I got vibes from that because it was it's set in this it's supposed to be taking place in the 70s even though it doesn't really look like the 70s except for when they go from the point of view of the camera then it looks all like old filmy grainy and stuff but uh yeah like it's pretty funny how how like how similar those movies like all those movies are where you have the guy who's the skeptic and then like, the craziest shit is happening at the end, and he's still just like, no, this could just be, you know, matters that were, you know, buried deep in her mind, and now she's bringing them back into her, co-. you know, it's just like, dude, yeah. come on, like, <laughs> like clearly she's not, uh, you, you can't use science anymore. Gotcha. But yeah. So what you're saying is that uh, that film may have needed a French actor and a French director to... Uh-huh. I possibly think so. run up some walls and make that film it, it needed the uh demonic spirits needed to be doing parkour that's for sure <laughs> that would made a lot more interesting all right well we are here to talk today to talk about brick mansions the uh, remake of district b13 um which i mean I, d- did you like district b13 oh hell yeah <laughs> yeah i i saw the movie in theaters and was very entertained by it yeah I, I, as did i i mean i i had a great time with it uh just a lot of fun and you know this is one of those remakes uh that when it was coming out i didn't groan like i was like oh whatever i'll watch a district v13 remake i'll watch the american version of that i'll watch paul walker running around um and you know helping out the french dude from the first movie like that 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 seems like a fun time for me so i, I wouldn't say i was so much excited to see this movie but like i was of all the remakes we've been watching, this is the one that least rubbed me the wrong way going into it. I think it was because that Luc Besson just decided to remake one of his own projects. <laughs> like, I think that, like, somehow that made it okay. That he was just like, I don't care. I make my, I remake my own film. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, I, I think, yeah, I think we both appreciated just the audacity of, of, of that. Like, <laughs> somebody's like, hey, we're going to remake this. He's like, oh, can I do it? <laughs> Yeah, he literally doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't have to do anything. It said written by Luc Besson. I'm sure he just took the same script and was like, "Here you go." I, I would not. I would not be like. I would. I would not be surprised if he just went to like Google Translate and pasted in this whole script and was like, "Print." And then had like people uh, had the characters alter dialogue to their uh, to their liking. Yeah, it, it reminds me of that uh, Mitch Hedberg sketch where he's like... I wrote a script and I gave it to a guy who reads scripts and he read it and he said he really likes it, but he thinks I need to rewrite it. I said, F- that, I'll just make a copy. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> I picture that in my head as him just being like, oh, no, I got this. I, I, I think that's exactly how it went down when Luc Besson <laughs> took his script from the original uh-huh. and, and did it for this movie. What do you say uh, we, we, we stop hesitating? Because, you know, we only have 45 minutes before this bomb goes off. Right. I got the code, though. Yeah. So, well, what, what do you say we go ahead and play the trailer um, for this film and then let everybody know what we thought? All right. Knock the door down. One, two, three. Catch him! Everybody get back! Detective, there's a situation that demands the best of the best. Brick mansions. It's so dangerous, we built a wall around it. No one gets in. Now their leaders got the mayor and half the city hostage. I said we start the bidding at 30 million. Think you can handle it? Yeah. Man, no one needs handling. We have no intel inside. We've got someone who knows Brick Mansions. The convict is my partner. I've got a plan to get us in. Us? First chance you get, what are you gonna do? Put a bullet in the back of my head. I could have killed you already. <laughs> this is gonna be a lot of fun. Turn down for what? What you doing here? You out to fight. We taught you how to speak English. So what, you the new sheriff in town? He's got to make you a little bit anxious. Oh, this is a really bad idea. better than the stairs yeah got the plan kick his ass don't get squashed okay so you just listened to the trailer for brick mansions and uh basically in the story uh, you know, Detroit is super destroyed and run down, and the rest of the world, I guess, has built this huge giant wall around this area um, to, you know, like keep them in there and and protect the world on the outside. Um, but you know, there's this crazy man, there's this rapper in the middle of Detroit who uh, is kind of ru- running everything, and um, they get their hands on a a bad weapon, and you know, we got to take some guys to team. We got to have a cop team up with a criminal to go inside of Brick Mansions and try to stop this bomb from going off. And uh, there's definitely some some uh, shenaniganry going on. There may be some nefarious business tycoons that, uh, you know, that, that really need the help of protest dancers yes. to stop their plans. Um, but we don't have protest dancing, we just have parkour, which, you know, if you throw some music, you probably can't tell the difference. No, it's so. exactly the same thing. <laughs> Carson, what did you think of this film? But uh, wasn't the the French guy is also a cop too? But he's just like a he's like a crooked cop. He's like I'm a cop who kills other cops or something. I, I don't think he was actually a cop. 
I thought he was. I don't he, know. At least he I, was I, in, the, I think, in the original, right? He was undercover. I, maybe. I, I think he was... Well, I think in this film, he was like a self-appointed try to uphold oh, his... Okay. Like, he was He was a justice-peddling <laughs> dude. He's like a vigilante. He was a um, cop, in quotes. Yeah, yeah. But I don't think... No, because yeah, cause there's a scene where he's like, I hit the cops. <laughs> yeah, okay. I smell yeah. you from far away. yeah. Any oh. anyway, that really doesn't matter because the movie I don't think hinges on the fact that if he's a cop or not. But yeah. uh, also on a side note, th- there's a scene in the trailer where uh, where the one guy's like, "Who taught you how to fight? Who taught you how to speak English?" That wasn't in the movie. <laughs> that that should have been in the movie because clearly um, it was like the best line in the movie. <laughs> clearly, David Bell uh, does not know how to speak English, and they had to really dub his lines. But like that, you know what I mean? Like that was that was like a part in the trailer where it was like that was supposed to be the whole like buddy buddy, like yeah. they're a little playing off each other. Like I don't know. I, I thought that was funny in the trailer, and maybe it was like a thing like we were talking about in the last review, where like they in, or in our transcendence review, where they recorded lines for the trailer to make the movie seem cooler than it yeah, was. Yeah, they they probably added that in to be like, oh, this will be funny. Uh, they probably thought about it after the fact. But anyway, I think that uh, I think that the uh, well, there's probably like three things you can boil this movie down to. Uh, one, it's nowhere near as good as the original French version. That's uh, correct. Uh, the the original is clearly a lot smoother and has a lot more finesse to it. Like I feel that parkour is a character in the original film and here it's just a like a vague afterthought yeah there was about like halfway through the movie and there was it was during like a a fight sequence and i was like oh yeah like he's supposed to be doing parkour (laughs) (laughs) like there was never a thought like i just it just does not feel like it's a big thing in this film and um i think obviously the big difference is that in the first movie, like, I, David Bell, like, I think the other dude, too, like, those those two dudes are, like, the founders of parkour, and it made sense that, it made more sense that, like, they both knew parkour, and then this one, like, Paul Walker kind of knows it, but he really could just fight well, I guess. Yeah, uh, he's it, just a rough-and-tumble policeman. Yeah, like, they don't really ever explain it, um, and I don't think they really care, but, uh... It's weird that this this remake is coming out now, like almost 10 years after the original, because I feel like when District B-13 came out, it created like that whole parkour craze. And we got like we got just like random movies that they put parkour in because they thought like it would up its cool factor. Like remember in Live Free or Die Hard, they ca- <laughs> they cast they cast that same guy who played the Paul Walker role in the yeah. original in Live Free Die Hard solely so they could have, like, somebody doing, like, cool parkour. And, you know, obviously we mentioned, like, The Office and stuff. But, like, they there was, like, that whole couple years, like, a span of a couple years where parkour was all the rage and it was really cool. I mean, it is cool, like, the fact yeah. that, that well, these guys I, I, can I first do this. Became, I first became aware of it when there was a trailer for a movie that I believe was called Yamakasi. Yamakasi. And it was like, I saw this trailer, I'm like, what the hell is going on? And why are these guys jumping around? This is badass. Um, and it was basically like a, a group of people. It, it, was, it was essentially District B-13 minus all the bomb plot. And just like this group of 
guys versus the policemen. Mm. Um, but this trailer was like super badass, and I kept trying to get a hold of this movie and like find it online um, or like import a DVD or do something, and I could never get it. I just kept remembering um, seeing this trailer floating around. And I never saw the movie, but then like when District B13 came out, it was like, oh, that was like the first like commercially available in the U.S. Yeah. Uh, of this style of movement i guess um and, and that yeah that that did that was like the first one that kind of seemed to popularize it here yeah and so i don't know why they didn't make brick mansions like a couple years after district b13 because then i feel like they really would have cashed in on yeah um yeah i i still don't think it would have been as good but at least it it would have come out it would have felt like it came out in the right time because now it just seems like Luke Besson was like running through ideas to do and he was just like oh District B13 we can remake that because <laughs> the second thing this movie is is that it's probably like the lowest it's on like the lowest tier of Luke Besson produced projects and that's saying something because he's produced a lot of bad movies um, like in terms of just disposable action films uh, this is pretty this is up there on his on his list of, of not so great projects. And it's, it's funny. Cause like we talked about three days to kill and how that movie, um, seemed to have all the right elements in place, but they just didn't fully come together yeah. in its execution. And I feel like brick mansions is the same way. Like it, it at least has a sense of fun and they like know that it's all completely silly and everything but I don't think they all come together. Like it, it has everything there, but they don't execute it fully. Like I thought, I thought Riza is the bad guy. Like, I mean, he should just, they should just cast Riza in any part that needs to, you know, we need a guy that can just be over the top, like crazy. <laughs> like, okay. Like, I, I still think his part in GI Joe two was like this, the MVP of that movie. <laughs> <laughs> and here he's kind of playing he's playing like another guy who has an accent sometimes um and he just like stands around cooking food for people <laughs> cutting peppers with cutting his bare pepper. hands. <laughs> <laughs> i mean clearly so they have stuff like this like clearly they know this movie is is completely uh unrealistic and silly but <laughs> by, it just by the way real fast just just a side note well before i forget it he has a line in our introduction to him. So he's cutting like 9,000 peppers to put in the soup. <laughs> and his, his his line of wisdom is something about like, he's like, my mama would kill me if she saw me putting all these peppers in the soup. Yeah. But, but the thing is, if you got the right ingredients, anything could be amazing or something like that. But the thing is, he's like, if you follow the right recipe, anything can be perfect or something like that. But the thing is... yeah. The only reason his mom would be mad that he's putting that much peppers in it is because he's not following the recipe. So clearly he's not using the recipe. So how can he make something perfect if he's not like it, uh, the absurdity of that line trying to sound all like wise and regal, like just made me laugh. I mean, yeah, like trying to put sense. Of, this is a movie where the the good guys get Riza and they put him in his car and they're driving away and the they're, his bad guys are chasing him. With like a fifty caliber shooting at the car, it's like, don't you think that you would try not to? You don't want to kill the guy that's on your side, your boss. Well, in all, like, in come all on. fairness, the guy was yelling, "Shoot at the tires!" Yeah, but he would. 
<laughs> he was clearly not aiming for the tires at all. Uh, hey, it, it's hard when you're on the back of like a bouncing uh, yeah, truck exactly. to aim your 50 caliber rifle. But not only him was there was like like three other cars with like dudes shooting at this one car. None of them could shoot the tires. Yeah. Yeah. Hilariously, they couldn't. And then Rizzo is just like, mm, you know how much this transmission costs? was <laughs> <laughs> just like oh man uh the part that really made me laugh though it was um it was about three seconds of footage and it was in the very beginning and it just cuts to paul walker circling riz's face on the big map in his uh <laughs> he's, all, you're his apartment. Next. he's like you're <laughs> next i was like yeah <laughs> yeah that that was pretty funny like if it, if it was in a scene where like uh, he Paul Walker had just finished telling his boss, he's like, this is the kingpin, this is the kingpin, we gotta get him. And the boss was like, all right, you have my blessing. And then he turned around, he's like, I'm coming for you, and then circles his face. That that would have worked. It would have made a little more sense. To him, he fills like a glass of, you know, scotch or something, and then walks up and is like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> there's like no context to it. He's just like, all right, I've decided that you're next. I'm finally coming for you. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah, like in the 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 third thing is, uh, I don't even remember what the third thing was. I think it was just because like I, I was uh, very, again, this movie is like very hard to watch because I can't see. I guess that goes into the the whole idea that the original had a lot more finesse, and where and by finesse I mean you could see all the action, and I feel like that they really wanted to show you how awesome par- the parkour was and that the fact that these guys were doing the stunts themselves. Yeah. And here it just is like a mess of 24 zooms and shaky cam. And I was just like, I can't see any of it. So why should I bother? Yeah. Um, and it's funny because Chloe O'Brien's husband is in this movie. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so it makes, I guess it makes somewhat sense. I don't know. Uh, 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 but yeah. I, ne- I never liked his character in 24. Nah, he was annoying. Like, I'm glad he left the show when he did. But he was on for a while. He was just like, oh, I'm British. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that was a perfect accent. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and, and like I was joking earlier, but they clearly had to uh, to redub some of David Bell's lines because he could not speak English very well. Yeah, And, and it was kind of distracting because you could tell that like, it was almost kind of like what they did with Bane, where you're like, I don't think the dialogue matches his like movements. Yeah, like but at his... least in that, he had something covering his mouth. That's true, yeah. And here it was like very obvious that he wasn't saying some of the lines. Yeah, like you could completely ADR all of Bane's stuff and it wouldn't matter because you're not watching... Yeah, His mouth move, yeah. But here you could pretty pretty much tell. Yeah, I, I, th- I think for me what it comes down to is like it, when, when you're watching... Like, anytime you watch, like, the culture of people who like to watch, like, Japanese movies and, like, anime and all that kind of stuff, there's always this big battle of, like, never, ever watch the dub version because, you know, you want to watch the real thing and just read it because then you can get, like, the true essence of what's going on. Yeah. And I think, I think this film, I, I don't know, there's something, like, the original one seemed... Like, even throwing out, like, the visuals and the way the actual story is presented, just the dialogue and stuff seemed to work so much better in the original French version. And and I don't know that... I don't know that the writing was necessarily better. Um, I just think that, like, when you kind of reduce it down to the the rough English equivalent, it just doesn't seem as interesting or as cool. 
Um, it doesn't have that. Uh, it doesn't benefit from the fact that you know they're not talking in French. Any, anything yeah, sounds well, better in a different language. But it's not just that it sounds better. Like the the words themselves seem like better written uh, for some reason. Like because I, I remember I, anytime there was a, a line of dialogue spoken in this movie, it felt really dumb and cheesy, and like the acting was bad. But well, yeah, in the, French, in the yeah. French version, like, the story is roughly the same. It's, like, the same type of things that are happening, and it's the same kind of, like, you know, like, the, the the one cop and the parkour guy, and it's it, it, it's a similar experience, but it just feels, I don't know, it, it feels almost like they shot this in, like, a weekend, and... <laughs> it does. Like, it, it, it just seems, like, it, it's almost like we are, like, you know, you said that the, the it seemed like they had to redo a bunch of the dialogue. It's almost like they shot the movie and then did a table read of the script and just recorded the table read and layered it into the movie itself. Like, it just... It's, yeah, because not even, like, with, not even for David Bell, but for other characters, too, it feels like a lot of it was added in after the fact a lot of it was adr and over yeah well it, 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 it's it, the dialogue just stunted too like our first introduction to paul walker is um you know it's chloe o'brien's husband it's like oh damn somebody wants to go inside i'm not even gonna try to do his accent yeah um, but he's like he's like oh oh he, you know some guy needs another kilo of coke or whatever and i can't believe they want me to go in brick mansions at night who the hell would go into brick mansions at night and paul walker's like i would yeah like and that's the whole line <laughs> end of <laughs> it's conversation like, it's it's not like hey let me do this for you boss like you know i want to prove to you that i can be good it's just like oh, i would go in there i'd do it all the time <laughs> it's just it's they're, almost they're, it's almost like luke Besson is is making fun of us like he's saying like you stupid americans this is how you like it uh and he just took the original script and diluted it so much and he's like okay good now yeah i know it, it, it's it's there's something just really kind of just weak about it. Like, you know, you, you were, I don't know if you were half joking or not, but like Riz is sort of like the, the most, he's acting the most in this film. <laughs> no, he is like, I, out of, yeah, he is. He is doing the most acting, even though it's ridiculous and over the top. Yeah. Well, I guess technically his, uh, the, the chick that he has, she's, she's seems to be acting pretty hard. Well, too. she was, uh, <laughs> she, she was maybe. She was maybe overacting a little she bit. Was in, she was in competition with uh, everyone else in the movie to yeah. overact the most. She, she's she's the female equivalent of the guy from The Rock who's like, you're lucky the boss wants you alive because I'd take pleasure in gutting you, boy. Oh, Tony Todd? The guy was just like, <laughs> I just want my f***ing money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, she's basically like that character. Um, yeah, except a chick and she likes, I guess she's into other chicks. Yeah, and I think it's like, just a, it's a dominance <laughs> thing. I don't think she's actually into them. Yeah, I guess. But who knows? I don't. I don't. I I, I don't know where Luke Besson's head was at. I, so. I, yeah, I don't know. And also, it does feel like. Um, and like I said, I this could have been added by uh, by the actors, or it could have just been Luke Besson thinking this is how people from the hood talk. But he basically was just like, okay, just add a lot of like n bombs and people calling each other bitch, and that's how it should play out yeah which that could be true but in this movie it just felt so i don't know it just like i said it almost felt like a joke that that luke Besson thought that this is how americans would like the film instead of district b13 where clearly they had a, a stronger script and also the acting was better probably because they were speaking in their native language well, speaking of this idea of how Luc Besson might have thought 
American audiences would want it. Um, like I'm gonna try to be as as unspoilery as I can. Um, you know, but people who are listening to this may have actually actually people might not even be aware of District B13. But e- e- either way, um, there is some reveal-y type stuff that happens in the context of the story, and in the American version, they seem to sort of semi-blow that load like halfway through the film. Like they're 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 fully telegraphing what is happening, and you're just watching the characters sort of try to catch up to it. And then they spend like the last two minutes of the film, like explaining all this stuff. Yeah, I I mean I could be remembering it wrong, or maybe it was just because I'm like trying to read and watch and be thrilled at the same time um, with the original. But I felt like all that stuff seemed to be a surprise to the audience too in District B13. Am I remembering that wrong, or or? Um, I, honestly, I don't remember because it's been so long since I've seen the movie, but I, I don't think it happened the way it does in this in Brick Mansions. Yeah, like I mean, I mean, the ending obviously is is sort of similar um, as far as the the main idea of what's happening and what the characters are starting to realize. But I feel like in this movie, from the beginning, we see like the corrupt corporate dude. Yeah, um, and he like you know he he says you know there's that line in the beginning of the film where he's like. Where like somebody's like, well, sir, what about all the people that live in brick mansions? And he's like, believe me, they'll be taken care of. Like he's specifically telegraphing that he is planning to do something bad with the people who live in brick mansions. Yeah. In the original, it feels like there was no. It seems like everything was on the up and up, and the character had a very defined mission that was clearly what he was supposed to be doing. Um, and in this, it seems like they're sort of undercutting that and removing a lot of the surprise by pre-filling this idea of... And they keep kind of like... Every time Paul Walker gets on the phone and he's talking to somebody, it's always like very mischievous-looking guys like ducking around <laughs> saying like, oh, what, what should I do? What should I tell him? Oh, we got to be all shady. Um, well, right from the start, they just have this look of like, yes, we are the villains. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but, but I'm saying like I, that... that I don't remember that in the original. Like, I feel like in the original, it was very much... It was a little a, more subtle. Yeah, it, it, it was very much here, we're, we're going through this thing. Um, also, it, it felt a little... It felt like there was more time in the original where the two guys weren't buddy-buddy. Um, and they were like, damn, we have to work together. But in this one, it was like... The, the scene, it, it's seriously one of the worst scenes I've ever seen. Where he's like, he's like, oh... Uh, thanks for ride. I'm out of here. And he's like, no, my van. He's like, no, this is my van. He's like, no, my van. No, my van. That was I will pretty punch bad. You, my van. And like, it just like the entire dialogue is each person saying, no, my van. And yeah. I could, like, I couldn't believe like <laughs> how terrible that scene well, was. Well, the characterization in this movie is uh, pretty terrible. Uh, it, it, yeah, the characterization in the original is a lot better. And I think it takes its time to really set up the characters a lot more. And um, the other thing is that District B-13 is like a hard R, and this is PG-13. Yeah. Um, so there's another difference. Uh, but, uh, yeah, like, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm under the impression. I, like, I want somebody to dig into this. Like, I think you could write a good thesis on how Brick Mansions is just what Luc Besson perceives as what Americans think good action films are. Yeah. He's like, this is what you like. Um, I think that's kind of funny, but... Uh, well, it could also be that uh, Luc Besson has created a pack with himself where he has to produce a certain... Or, you know, both literally produce and, like, writing-wise produce a certain amount of content um, to keep himself going. And he may have been stuck and said, 
F it, I'm going back to this in my, yeah, my no, drawer and pulling out the script and writing an American version. That's why I feel like I feel like that's the only reason why we're getting this movie so late and not like right after uh, District B13 came out. Yeah, and, and here, here's the thing too. Like you know, most of the time when when we see we see a film that uh, you know you know isn't very good or we're kind of like, oh, that was just not not worth watching or whatever. We're we're not. Like, I mean, I, I'm, I I also shouldn't try to put words in your mouth, but, like, I feel like I'm fine with him churning out stuff like this if it means that every once in a while we can get, like, a lockout or something. Um, yeah. Like, I, I I like Luke Passan a lot, and I, I like what he does. And even when his stuff isn't as good as something else that he did that was really, really fun, if he needs to churn things out like this to keep his mind going and allow him to make another lockout not, not like literally lockout too but uh, like another thing that was as fun as lockout then it's totally worth uh having to having to sit through films like this no i mean i agree with that i, I mean I, I will always watch something that either he directs or produces or whatever because yeah. even if they even if they aren't very good like like this film they, he still has the mentality of these movies aren't serious and they shouldn't be taken seriously. Yeah, yeah. So that is, that's always good. But yeah, like I, I think that, you know, I don't know when it happened, but I, I just basically, once I saw Luc Besson's name on a film, I just figured oh, it's like, okay, he's become his own brand. Like, I mean, yeah. the guy's got to make a buck. So, okay, well, like, there, I, I don't al- care anymore. There's also anymore. films that, like, I I haven't heard that he's involved in it. And then during the opening title <laughs> credits, it's all, like, written by Luke Besson. I'm like, oh, shit. I'm like, this is going to be awesome. Well, anytime you see the Europa Corporation logo pop up, you're like, oh, Luke Besson. <laughs> that, that little angel fairy popping out of the ocean. Yeah. All right, here we go. Uh, but yeah, um, I feel like, uh, although I feel like with uh, something like Lucy, he's finally just like, I, I make good film now. <laughs> oh, dude, I'm, I'm so excited for that. Like, it, it, it could possibly turn out to be not great, but I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, I think it's, I, I, it has it has way more potential than anything he's done producing and directing wise in like the last 10 years. Yeah, and, and if, if this if this film had anything to do with allowing him to make that film, I'm like super stoked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like 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 you said, if if like every other film he produces one that like clicks, then fine, like whatever. Yeah. I, I don't care. Like he, I I don't care that he wants to do his own thing and produce as many terrible movies that he wants. Like I'll still go watch them, but you know. Yeah. The good news is it's clear that he loves what he does. Um, Yeah, I mean, dude, if you could turn your name into a brand, like, why the hell not? Like, I mean, just produce all the crap you can make. Yeah. (laughs) Works for Michael Bay, right? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you can get to that point in your life where you're just like, my name means money, then (laughs) okay, fine. Cool. Well, uh, do you have any last thoughts about Brick Mansions? Uh, no, not really. All right, cool. Because somebody is using a table saw outside, so I figure if this is a good place to stop, then Uh-oh. we should do that before this gets too uh, invasive. But um, yeah, so what do you say we get to our uh, verdicts, Carson? All right. All right, so if you were going to give this a must-see, a recommend with a caveat, a wait-for-rental, pass-with-a-caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? 
I'm going to give it a pass. I don't think it's terrible, but it's definitely not uh, worthwhile. I would say definitely watch District Beat 13 if you haven't seen it. And then just out of curiosity, if you're curious, watch Brick Mansions just to see how hilariously similar and not as good it is. Uh, And also, uh, if you really want to see... a good Paul Walker movie, you should watch Running Scared and, yeah, call it a day. Does he do parkour in it? <laughs> no, he doesn't. But, uh, I mean, you know, I always thought that, like, Paul Walker was good if he was given the right role. And in this movie, he's kind of in between his role in Fast and Furious movies and in Running Scared. And I think that... um I don't know. It's it's just a shame because I think that anytime he did kind of venture outside of the Fast and Furious movies, he ended up doing something pretty good. Like, like have you seen Running Scared? I have not. I you should watch Running Scared because like I I remember going to see that movie in theaters and not expecting much from it and being like totally blown away. Not just by the movie, but by also by Paul Walker too. Like I still think that's like his best performance. Have you seen that that newish one with um, him in the hospital, hand cranking his baby's like respirator machine? Yeah, I haven't. I I want to watch it, but I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, like I I thought that like I mean obviously that was coming out on VOD like you know right around the time that he died. Uh, yeah. So that that's my only awareness of it but when i watched the trailer for it i was like that legitimately looked interesting like that was a compelling uh yeah narrative going on there so i I definitely want to see that one still yeah like i've heard i've heard good things about that and uh yeah i mean you should watch running scared though because it also has your gal vera farmiga in it Ooh. yeah she plays paul walker's wife and she's pretty badass in it nice she has a pretty great sequence with uh the girl who plays her who played Juliet on Lost. Okay. Yeah. If you've seen Running Scared, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's that movie is just on a whole different level. And also he did a movie, uh same guy, Wayne Kramer, director, he did a movie last summer called Pawn Shop Chronicles that again nobody saw, but I thought was pretty entertaining. And Paul Walker played a um he played like a total meth head like neo Nazi dude. It was like him and uh, him and our friend Kevin Rankin from White House Down okay. played like these meth head, like just neo-Nazi dudes. And he was pretty hilarious in it. Like I like again, like I was like Wayne Kramer especially knew how to like pull out a performance from it. Like he was like really funny in that. Like it it totally is unlike anything that you've thought or that you've, you know, used to seeing him in. So, yeah. Yeah, like I, I thought that movie was uh, it. Nobody really saw it and or liked it, but I was like, ah, I, I thought it was pretty good. Like parts of it were better than some, but it's kind of one of those movies where it's like there's really like a whole bunch of stories going on at the same time, and then like you kind of see how they all intersect, like a Pulp Fiction esque thing. But yeah, yeah, obviously not as good as Pulp Fiction, but it's got some entertaining stuff in it. Cool. Uh, well, I'll give it a pass with a caveat. Also, um. 
you know, it's not, it's, it's maybe quality of a must avoid, um, but I don't think anybody who'd be seeing it is excited for it. So it's not like we have to re- recommend you skip it. Um, so it just kind of gets a pass and it gets a little bit of a bump because as I said, I just, I want all of Luc Besson's stuff to get some sort of traction um, just so that he keeps, you know, I want I don't want to get him discouraged because his, uh, you know, Brick Mansion's movies don't do well enough, but uh, um yeah, it's not, you don't need to check it out, but, you know, it's got some, it's got some interesting scenes in it that are, you know, a little bit fun, uh, but definitely go out and rent or buy or download or whatever uh, District B-13, because um, it's, ob- obviously it's this movie, but uh, a lot more fun <laughs> and uh, <laughs> more interesting in general. Yeah. So. Cool. And, and I never saw the sequel. They made a sequel to it. Like, Did they really? District yeah. B-14? <laughs> Yeah, it was like District B-13 Ultimatum or something. And that's the thing, too, is in in the original, weren't there several districts? It wasn't just like... I think so. It wasn't a a single district. It was like the entire world was screwed and every city had its own. It was kind of like in time um, where like each city was sort of uh, cordoned off and like you could pass between them through checkpoints. But for the most part, all the cities were separate and just this district B13 there was something going on. Yeah, I think that's why they were they had the numbers. At least that's what I remember. I don't know. Yeah. But in in this one it was just that there was a really bad part of Detroit that they blocked off from yeah, the rest yeah. of Detroit. And they wanted to tear it down to build a, a condo. <laughs> to build condos. Of course, that's always how it is. Ugh. Got to get those protest dancers out there. Dude, I, I the other day I was I was messaging you about the protest dancing and I ended up watching like all the dance scenes from Step Up Revolution. Dude, what on about YouTube. what about Step Up All In? I is is that a future movie? That is the 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 newest one coming out this summer. I think in the end of July. Is that going to be in four D? Uh, I think it is in three D, but it it's like they brought back all of the. This is like the Avengers of the Step Up movies. Like they brought back nice. like all the other characters from the previous films. It's what it seems to be. Like I guess that's why it's all in, and also that it's taking place in Vegas. It, sh- it should be called Stepped Up. So all the other ones are Step Up. It's like a, a call to step up, and then this one is they have all stepped up. They have all been brought in. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I don't think they're going to be doing any protest dancing in this one, though. Damn. Unfortunately. Oh, well, as long as they got, like, the guy making, like, the cool glass multi-paned uh, paintings. <laughs> Dude, and, like... I don't even think they have that guy. This one this one looks kind of lame. Are you saying the mob is dead? I I don't know, man. I'm worried. They, right. uh, they dropped the ball, clearly. Well, if, well, if people want to check in on you because they're worried about you being worried, uh, where can they find you on the internet? <laughs> you can go to uh, practicalcandy.wordpress.com. And people can find me at ChristopherInRealLife.com or Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning. Or me, they can find me at Twitter.com slash ChristopherIRL. You can find the podcast at TheSpoilerWarning.com or follow us on Twitter at Twitter.com slash SpoilerWarning to figure out when the episodes go live. You can also like us at Facebook.com slash TheSpoilerWarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at TheSpoilerWarning.com or call leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW. That's 760-575-4879. Uh, music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to Brick Mansions, if that's available. If not, there's going to be some RZA action in there. <laughs> there's going to be some Wu-Tang on the uh, on the episode. 
And uh, yeah, next week, The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Oh, hell, I'm, uh, I'm so excited, dude. Like, Cricket's going to just... be flying around <laughs> on the Goblin Rocket thingy. Oh, man. Jamie hey, Foxx. Okay. By the way, did you see the Regal First Look thing? With Did you hear that girl say, there's there, there's this place that's off books. It's called Special Projects. Did dude, you see I, that girl? I haven't been to a Regal. I Although I did see the quiet ones at a Regal yesterday, but I came in and the previews had already started, so I didn't get to see any of the First Look stuff. All right. Well, when we get to that scene in the movie, you're probably going to laugh because it's going to be in your head me talking about it repeatedly. I, I'm Yeah, I'm just going to save it for the movie unless, of course, they don't include it because there's just so much other stuff that they have to put in. If they cut that, I would not be surprised because it's seriously like Dane DeHaan can find that stuff on his own. He doesn't need some girl who can't act to like explain yeah, to him exactly. that there's this off-books place called Special Projects. Like it sounds like something <laughs> Luke Hassan wrote in English. <laughs> I would. You're next, dude. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining me, Carson. All right. Thank you for having me. We'll be back next week. Spider-Man. That's right. Yeah. We're going to sling into your ears with our <laughs> microphone shooter. We're going to see if he's amazing or not. All right. See you guys later. Bye. <laughs>